Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. We're running new online talks about topics like owls and cuckoos to enhance your birding skills. Learn more by following us on Facebook and on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org. Well, good morning. Welcome to our show, number 824. Spring has sprung. There's the uh, proof of that. The vernal equinox arrived on Saturday, March 20th at 5.37 a.m. Eastern, 237 Pacific, and we'll celebrate this morning with a spring-inspired audio postcard from our Freya McGregor, direct from her backyard down south. Hi, everyone. It's Freya McGregor here. I'm in my backyard in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, on a beautiful sunny morning, and there's birds making noises everywhere, and I thought I'd share them with you. That pew-pew sound sort of sounds to me like a fake little laser beam gun. That's a northern cardinal. We had a Carolina wren calling just a little while ago with its funny little whirring sound. Oh, there's a dark-eyed junco just jumped up on the fence. I heard a red-bellied woodpecker call with its funny laugh. And I think there's some cedar waxwings over in that pine tree too. We're pretty excited to live here because we've moved so much with my husband in the army in the last few years and we haven't necessarily had a choice of where we lived or what kind of house or backyard we had. And this backyard has so many trees, so it's so exciting to have heaps of birds. And I just wanted to share a few of them with you on this beautiful sunny spring morning. I know it isn't necessarily all that sunny or all that warm in a lot of North America at the moment but spring has sprung here there's buds on the trees and there's some flowers coming out and so I just wanted to let you know that spring is definitely coming your way and I'll send it your way as soon as possible (laughs) bye thank you Freya and thanks for confirming that spring has indeed sprung and this Is the sound of our mystery bird, and this is a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along in a little bit here on this morning's show. Our mystery bird is a dark-bodied wader, a wading bird with a long, down-curved bill, long legs, and an iridescent reddish-brown body that in the right light appears purple, green, and bronze. In breeding plumage, both sexes have a pink skin patch bordered in white in front of their red eyes. Our bird might be described as a western equivalent of a glossy bird found in the east. Clues about our mystery bird there, and a beautiful prize this morning is the Droll Yankees' new generation metal finch sock. It has a beautiful yellow top and base and offers the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal. And its design has been proven to attract up to double the number of birds. 
It can be hung or pole mounted. It's the new generation metal finch sock from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeders. And that would be the prize uh, on our mystery bird contest this morning. Here's a quick heads up about something good to read. The newest edition of the Birding Community e-Bulletin, created by our friends Wayne Peterson and Paul Basich, is now available. It's chock full of fascinating stuff about birds, and it's free. Just do an online search for Birding Community e-Bulletin to find it. We have a conservation alert this week, and it comes to us from the great state of Maine, where there's a bill in the legislature called an act to define intentional balloon releases as litter. The bill would kind of formalize the idea that there's no such thing as a good released balloon, because released balloons only go up in the sky temporarily, and then they burst and come back down as toxic trash on the ground and in our lakes and marshes and rivers and oceans. Please check out our TalkingBirds.com website or Facebook page for details on this uh, important bill. We salute Talking Birds ambassadors who are helping us to spread the word about birds and conservation through our show. And thank you to Rita Fowle from Drayton Valley, Alberta, Canada. She says, as a member of the fowl flock, I enjoy spending my spare time in nature, enjoying the birds whenever I can. I got my first bird buck when I was 20 and have added many more since then. Thank you so much, Rita. And thank you to Meg Penny from Altadena, California. She says, we're both from Massachusetts, but live in the northeastern part of Los Angeles now. We recently got into birding and are fortunate to live in a great area with lots of different birds, our favorites recently were a family of Cooper's hawks and a bunch of red-whiskered bulbuls. Wow. That's from Meg and Josh, and they say, P.S., you got to make shirts. I think she means talk, <laughs> talking birds shirts. We're taking that under advisement, and we've sent Meg and Josh a couple of our talking birds uh, patches in the meantime. <laughs> little marching music there. We are marching forward thanks to another whole bunch of new Talking Birds listeners joining our Ambassadors family this week. We set a goal of 600 members by the end of March. and We're only 10 Ambassadors short of that goal now. Wow. To all of our Ambassadors, thank you so much for helping us to spread the word about birds and conservation. Being an Ambassador is really easy and so is signing up. Just go to TalkingBirds.com and click on the Get Involved tab at the top of the page. That's the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com. Till the come on our show today, we'll learn about slow birding when we welcome Bridget Butler, a.k.a. the Bird Diva, as our special guest. We'll also catch up with Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike Live segment, talking about Cornell Lab's Bird Academy. Up next, a long-legged wolf-whistling Grassland-loving sandpiper is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bike. I want 
When Harvard University ornithology professor Scott Edwards rode his bike from Massachusetts to Oregon last year, he looked for and found many birds. And one sighting that stood out, as he told in a recent recounting of his trip, was in the prairie potholed pocked grasslands of South Dakota. There he was happy to see a large number of individuals of the species we're featuring today. It's a shorebird that has something in common with one we featured a couple of weeks ago, the American woodcock, in that it defies the dictionary definition of a shorebird as a species found near the shore. The bird is the upland sandpiper. A tall, slim sandpiper with a small dove-like head a long neck, a long tail for a sandpiper, and long yellow legs. Its back and wings are heavily marbled in black and brown, and the belly and undertail coverts are white. In the Northeast, grassland habitat has been so drastically reduced that upland sandpipers have had to find refuge at an unusual place. Mike 247, Boston to Los Angeles, now boarding... Yes, the airport. In fact, in several northeastern states, almost all upland sandpipers make their home in the grassy areas surrounding airport runways, since they're often the closest thing to their native grassland habitats that they can find. Now back to the dictionary, which defines a wolf whistle as a distinctive two-toned whistle sounded to express approval of another person's appearance. This may or may not be the intention of the upland sandpiper's call, but part of it does kind of sound like a wolf whistle. It's Bartramia longisauda, the upland sandpiper, today's talking birds featured feathered friend. Keep an eye out for it if you're in a grassland area or an airport. Welcome again to our show number 824. We like to invite you to visit our website because we like it and hope maybe you do too. And good way to connect to our Facebook page. And um, what else? Twitter. And of course, Instagram, where we have some really, really cool pictures. That address is TalkingBirds.com. Well, as she describes herself, Bridget Butler has been a naturalist for more than 20 years, playing matchmaker for the Wildscape and the wonderful people who call Vermont their home. And on her website, birddiva.com, she says this in part, The pace of a birder in the field is slow and methodical, and yet traditional birding can be list-driven and competitive. Well, that has led her to create something called Slow Birding, and she's with us this morning to tell us more about what that is and how we might want to try it. Good morning, Bridget. Good morning, Ray. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on with us, and I love all the stuff that you're doing. And give us a further explanation, if you would, about slow birding. Yeah, so slow birding came to me over a number of years with some of the things that I struggled with, with traditional birding, which, like you said, was a little bit of the competitive nature the drive to um, see as many birds as possible. And I felt like I was passing up some other things. And I 
really needed to find a way to kind of make birding my own. Uh, I shifted a lot into watching behaviors Mm -hmm. and trying to get to know different birds in a deeper way. And as I started to do this, I figured out that there were other people that maybe were turned off by traditional birding and they needed another way to access enjoying birds with other people as well. And so in part, that's where slow birding came from. It also came from the fact that I'm a mom with three kids and I don't have all the time in the world to go and see a rare bird that might pop up somewhere or visit some of those more um, unique habitats for birds. And I started to dig in a little bit more to what's right in my backyard, what's in front of me. And I was really amazed as I started to slow down not only, the, not only the diversity of species that I was seeing, but also what I was learning a bit more about behaviors and um, just all these little magical things that birds do if you slow down and take the time to watch them a bit more. Mm-hmm. You also described what you said was being shamed as a beginning birder that kind of led to this somewhat. What was that about? Uh, yeah, so, you know, when, when I started out, I was actually working for the Audubon Society in Massachusetts, and mm-hmm. um, my focus was more on marine life. And when I was approached by other folks that might be visiting the nature center and I didn't know birds, I kind of got put down because Mm. I didn't know what different species were. Mm. Um, I felt intimidated at times Mm. when I went on walks, when I was trying to learn Mm. and the pace at which um, other people were picking up things did not match how I was picking up um, what different species were. And that's become kind of a core part of how um, my outreach programs are designed as really trying to take a step back and slow things down and build a bigger picture rather than focusing only on plumage and, and um, parts of birds. Mm-hmm. So you have an online course through your website about slow birding, and I think you have three main sections, deeper observation, deeper listening, mm-hmm. and deeper connection. And in that first one, you talk about something called balanced brain birding. What is that? Yeah. So, you know, the more I dug into this and trying to figure out how my brain was working as I was learning birds and what I was missing, um, I kind of got into the science of how we learn different things and what our left brain does and what our right brain does. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, traditional birding is very analytical. It's, it's linear thinking. It's logical. You're studying individual parts or um, field marks. You're really relying on... Um, on field guides and things to help you. And the part that was missing for me was the whole bird. Like, how can I look differently at that whole bird to build a better picture in my mind that I can rely on? And when I started practicing that, and when birds like Birding by Impression came out by Kevin T. Carlson and Dale Rosslett, that book was just like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And it kind of backs you up to looking at the whole bird shapes, size, silhouette, and becoming um, able to describe that in a way so that you have built an impression of the bird that sticks with you. And it sticks deep within your subconscious so that it's instantly accessible. So trying to train your eye a little bit differently to look at the bird instead of relying on plumage first, 
relying on some of these other classic things like shape and silhouette. Mm -hmm. You go on to deeper listening and deeper connection as part of the course about slow birding on your website, birddiva.com. Well, Bridget, in a couple of weeks, we'll have a guest on the show who's welcoming birders to his farm in Alabama. And I thought maybe you could warm us up for that through another project that you're working on with the Vermont Center for Eco Studies called Bird Broker that connects landowners with birders. Give us a a thumbnail sketch of that project, if you would. Yeah, this is kind of match.com for birders and landowners, (laughs) you know? Birders, you know, here we go back to that, that drive that birders have to go to different spots and visit new places and see new things. And private land is not easily accessible. It's also not um, part of the data that we're able to collect in order to make conservation decisions. So birders using um, the platform like eBird, which is a great way to not only keep track of your own birds, but to contribute to science around birds and bird conservation. Um, We kind of tapped into the communities here and found landowners that have an interest in what's going on on their property when it comes to birds because they want to make good management decisions, but maybe don't have the skills to know what breeding birds are on their property. Mm. And that drive for land, for birders to be someplace different. So we have a way of signing people up, um, mapping out where they are in the state and then pairing them up. So birders paired with landowners And what they do, we have a set of protocols where uh, the birder visits the landowner's property three times in the breeding season, builds a set of e-bird checklists that they share with the project. And that's helped us really get, um, start to build some data on private lands here in the state of Vermont. Mm -hmm. It's Bridget Butler, AKA the Bird Diva. Bridget, thank you so much for being with us. Before you go though, I wonder if you would tell us about that name, Bird Diva. (laughs) You know, as I was building my brand and trying to figure out how to make a niche for me in the birding world, I was trying to come up with a name. And there was already a bird chick, Sharon Steitler, (laughs) from out in the Midwest. So I couldn't take that. And Diva sounded quite delightful. So I just went with that. All right. Well, that's how some of the best names uh, come about, I guess. (laughs) Bridget Butler, a.k.a. The Bird Diva. You can see more about slow birding and other cool things she's doing on behalf of birds and conservation birddiva.com that's birddiva.com thank you Bridget thanks Ray coming up next here it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute the flutter of a tail feather the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight you don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature let alone to appreciate its beauty but with vortex optics you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. Our mystery bird, it's a dark-bodied waiter. 
with a long down-curved bill, long legs, and an iridescent reddish-brown body that in the right light appears purple, green, and bronze. In breeding plumage, both sexes have a pink skin patch bordered in white in front of their red eyes. Our bird might be described as a western equivalent of a glossy bird found in the east. That is our mystery bird. We have the beautiful Droll Yankees New Generation Metal Finch Sock as our prize this morning. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. That's 781-837-4900. We have only 10 minutes left in the show right now and more to do, so give us a call as soon as you can. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, Mike O'Connor. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautyobooks.com My name is Josh Labatt, and I'm calling from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Becoming a Talking Birds ambassador is important because it connects like-minded individuals, like yourself, into the ideas of conservation and preservation, and it really builds a creative community to learn from. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website and click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage at TalkingBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. Let's connect to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, Orleans, to be specific, where Mike O'Connor awaits with Let's Ask Mike Live. Good morning, Mike. And happy... Quite a show. I like some of those repeated things going on back and forth there. Yeah, we like to add a little variety, you know, not the same thing all the time, you know. I interrupted you. What were you going to say? I have no idea. I think I was going to say Happy Spring. That must have been it. Today's first day of spring? Today, I guess, is the first full day of spring. Oh, uh, my yeah. God. First, first, I, I, yeah. I got to get out there. Sorry, I got to go. I gotta first go full day. There. You need to go out there and look at some birds. You haven't done that since, well, this morning, probably. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you've got uh, screech owls nesting in your yard, and you kind of got... It seems like it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? And the, and the tree swallows will be back. They always come back, like, April 1st. It's like mm. a joke, but they always seem to come yeah. back. So they'll be on their way. We had, we had tree swallows nesting in our Talking Birds garden right behind our radio station here last year, so hoping they're going to be back again this year. We should year have too. them on the show. Yeah, we might do our show from our Talking Birds garden. We're, we're, we're working on that. Uh, yeah, we, we might just do that. But there's something else you wanted to talk about from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and their Bird Academy, right? Correct. You know... Um during during the, the, the and then I think a lot of people still having bad weather or they're still kind of trapped in their houses because of because of the pandemic and we've all done the jigsaw puzzles plenty of times and I thought you know while we're waiting for the weather to get better in the spring to arrive maybe we should um, you know like bone up on our birding skills and I had never really taken a class I know you had um, but I had had done it so I did a search online and I found Cornell's uh, what they call Bird Academy mm-hmm. not to be confused with the Early Bird Academy, which I think is a restaurant in some <laughs> retirement community in Florida. <laughs> but they they um, they offer a number of classes. They range from about $30 to, 
I think even like two hundred forty dollars. So they're not cheap, mm-hmm. but some are a few hours long. Some are like a hundred hours long, and they're very detailed. So I saw one on Owl that I took, and it was like sixty dollars. And um, you know, it was interesting. But they 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 focus on little snippets of owls from all over the world, mm-hmm. some I never heard of, in parts of the world I wasn't even familiar with. And I was in in my business. People ask me about all owls all the time, and um, believe it or not, I don't know everything. I know that's hard to imagine. <sighs> so I was going to try to learn some stuff to share with people, and it was a little bit disjointed for me. So I didn't really care for that. So I was going to take a different class. But then, I, as I was looking at the website, they have a link on the on Bird Academy website on videos and these videos i soon found out were free and there were dozens and dozens and dozens of these short little what what you might call youtube videos but little videos that cornell's put together and they're stunning they're really 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 good some are just a minute or two long they talk about bird songs to identify bird songs how to identify birds at your feeder some on trips on events they've done like how they brought the puffins back to the coast of maine those projects the photography is just brilliant they, there's islands off the coast of Alaska. It's just a really, really good source that I didn't even know that was out there. Things on loons, things on courting, migration, and they're short. So if you have the attention span like I have, which is, you know, maybe about 45 seconds, it's just a thing for you. And you can go on forever. You can scan through them, and you can watch them, and then you can move on to something else. Some might be five minutes, ten minutes. And I just... I didn't know they were there. And they're really, 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 birds you never heard of, but you're fascinated now, you want to learn more. I thought this was a really good source for people who want to get that yeah, juices flowing to go birding again because you've kind of gotten lazy over the winter. And you'll see this and you'll think, i got to get out there again. It's really, really, really good. Interesting. Yeah, nice. I took that long form course uh, a couple of years ago when it was still in notebook form. And I guess it was more than a couple of years ago. And I'm still working on it. But, uh, yeah, Bird Academy. And I think, no, no, it's good. You know, it's it's funny because you just think oh, I don't know anything, and and to have these programs help you kind of get yourself back into it again, mm-hmm. it's it's. Uh, I think it's it's really good. And I also, you know, enjoy your just uh, most your guests today because uh, getting us to slow down. Because I know as soon as I go to a birding spot, I jump out of the car and I race down the trail, and and half the birds, the best birds, are still in the parking lot. And that that was that, I can watch your video too because that that'll get me to slow down. Oh, you need to slow down just a little bit. Yeah, you just need to just <laughs> relax a, a little bit. Chill out. All right, Mike, thank you. I think it's alloaboutbirds.org for those Cornell courses is the uh, good way to find that from the mistake. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I, think, yeah. I think cool. I think that's All good. right, happy spring, everybody. Get out there as soon as it turns nice. Talk to you next week, Mike. Sounds great. Okay, Back Bye-bye. to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Our Mystery Bird Contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. Our mystery bird is a dark-bodied wader with a long, down-curved bill, long legs, and an iridescent reddish-brown body. Looks purple or green and bronze in the right light. In breeding plumage, both sexes have a pink skin patch bordered in white. 
in front of their red eyes. What is it? 781-837-4900. We heard from uh, Freya in Alabama earlier. So now we're going to talk to Jim in Mississippi. Good morning, Jim. No, Dave, there's no G in talking. <laughs> oh, hi, Ray. Sorry. Um, since I can't go to church, I'm out here birding with my friend Dave this morning. Dave's the first person I ever gave a, uh, uh, a Talking Birds uh, ambassador card to. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Jim, we know you. This is Dr. Jim down there in Mississippi. Am I right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, nice to hear. I was just talking to, um, talking to Mike yesterday. He was helping me out with a hummingbird feeder oh. problem. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Well, it all yeah. comes, He's all a good guy. comes around together. Is he a good guy? I don't know. I've, he- I've heard things. He really but, is. All right. Good to hear that. All right. <laughs> don't listen to David Clapp. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> okay, so Mike's let's see. Mike's really a good guy. All right. You've convinced me. What about the mystery bird? Can you convince me that you know what the mystery bird is, Jim? White-faced ibis. You convinced me. That was easy. Nice job. Jim, we're low on time, so... I wouldn't have gotten it. (laughs) (laughs) Stay on the line, Jim, and we'll make arrangements. Thanks. All right. We are out of time for the show this morning. If you missed that, it was white-faced ibis is our mystery bird. Next week, we'll talk about a bird that's in trouble and some folks who are trying to help it out. It is the red-cockaded woodpecker. It's on our show next week. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team. I'm Ray Brown. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. We're running new online talks about topics like owls and cuckoos to enhance your birding skills. Learn more by following us on Facebook and on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org.